Take a drive, go for a walk, pay a visit to any of Welland's parks. An abundance of well-maintained open spaces surround us. As you look around while navigating the city, you may wonder, I keep my yard in check, but who takes care of all these areas? Today's guest is just the person to ask. Rory Doucette, Manager of Parks and Open Spaces, is responsible for the hardworking crew that labors year-round to keep Welland's public spaces looking good and working well. As the colors change outdoors, let's give a green thumbs up to our parks department and get to know what's up, Welland. We are joined by Rory Doucette, Manager of Parks and Open Spaces for the City of Welland. Rory, it's your first time on What's Up, Welland. Welcome. Thank you very much. Excited to be here. Looking forward to the conversation. Well, we've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. So let's dig in. Parks and Open Spaces, you manage them. What are these parks and open spaces that you are responsible for across the city? Yeah, open spaces is a pretty vague, overreaching kind of tool. Like, is it the sky? Like, Just where, a do, bit. Where, does it, where does it end a little bit, right? So um, the parks piece is, is very straightforward. So a good definition between the two is uh, parks would be um, where there's planned activity, right? So playgrounds, sports fields, um, anywhere that we're kind of animating with activities like camps and everything else. Open spaces where it's unplanned activity. So city-owned property in which there really isn't a designated purpose that we're bringing someone there for. So that'd be, you know, your woodlots, um, you know, your open meadows and your fields uh, that the city owns that I would have oversight over and have to maintain and manage. Uh, so really the big difference between the two, and that's usually the question I get a lot, is like, what's the difference between parks and open spaces? Are they not the same thing? Kind of. Parks are just planned activity. Open spaces are unplanned activity. What do we have more of here? Parks or open spaces? Or is it an even mix? Actually, open spaces for now, like most municipalities too, like uh, they, it's all about planning, right? Future planning and obviously budgeting. So we have more open spaces than we do parks right now, which is a good thing. Because I think once you're you're reaching that, that everything is a park and there is no more open space, you, you've lost a good chunk of nature, probably your your, can, your tree canopy. Um, and that, that's where you just, you, you've kind of built out. So you're, you're sort of landlocked and everything's going gray. Think of a Toronto, right? So um, that's something I'm happy to say that we're so far away from. And we have a lot of open spaces for future planning and just to kind of keep people connected with nature. So right now we're uh, we're watching the leaves change color from green to red, yellow, orange. Well, I guess that's really it. But <laughs> well, some of them are still green too. Uh, but they are changing colors. So we are seeing that shift away from kind of the summertime activity and the things, the planned activities that you mentioned that are happening in our parks and maybe the way some people experience the open spaces. So as we transition transition away from summer into the fall and winter, what changes do you see in those areas in terms of how they're used what's available and just kind of what parks and open spaces look like in uh, seasons other than spring and summer yeah that's that's a great question um a lot of our team like we kind of get pigeonholed wherever everyone just assumes we cut grass right but my team oversees um urban forest uh sports fields trails playgrounds like there's it's all encompassing of basically everything that people get to enjoy so as we're getting near the end of the season everyone just assumes we're well we're done cutting grass we walk away um if if anything i think our work gets a little bit busier and it just changes focus uh, a wee bit so at this time of year with the leaves coming down obviously we have to address that if you leave leaves on your grass it's going to kill your grass so if we want to have grass in our parks we got to start mulching our leaves so that's one way that we do that it's a good natural way to kind of put nutrients back into the ground and into the turf stand uh so we're, we're heavy into mulching now so it kind of looks like grass cutting but it's actually mulching up all the leaves uh we're starting to really focus on uh rinks so door rinks are very 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 close for us so mm-hmm. we're starting to get all of our our products together and uh the rink boards ready and making a plan on how to get that out there 
Our forestry crews are heavy into tree planting right now, so we go more from our, our general maintenance and storm management when we have you know, big wind storms and the branches are coming down uh, to the fun stuff where we get to plant things. Uh, where we've been stumping now, we're starting to actually put trees back in because the, the this time of year with the the moisture and the cooler weather, it's it's more beneficial for the tree, so there's a better chance of success. Uh, and then our horticulture team is busy removing all of the show beds, which were a huge hit this year. They're gorgeous. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Yeah, they, they, they just knocked it out of the park for the Canada Game stuff. Uh, and they're getting ready to start planting the tulip bulbs. I know they've been ordered, uh, which is a successful program. So mm-hmm. next year, anyone listening who wants to get <laughs> themselves some tulip bulbs for next year, we do our big giveaway. So so keep your eyes posted on social media. And and overall, just the special events are starting to wrap down, but the focuses are changing. You know, I don't want to say Christmas, but, <laughs> but Christmas is coming. And like my team's responsible for getting some of those decorations out in the, B, uh, the BIA and, and getting things ready for the parades. And so we're still exceptionally busy just in mm-hmm. um, different focuses. So we're at the summer is very grass heavy and yep. and spend like you know our sports fields events and stuff so it's a big change of focus but nonetheless the work continues across the different seasons rory are there certain seasons where i mean your staff is front and center essentially they're as you said they're planting the flower beds they're cutting the grass at this point they're mulching what does your team do behind the scenes that residents may not think of but keeps the park crew busy across the seasons that the unseen stuff that keeps our city going, but just residents don't get to see as they're driving down the street, watching city mowers cut, uh, cut fields. I think the biggest thing people probably don't think about would be just the logistics of what it takes to do some of these items. So, uh, for example, like I'm talking tulip bulbs, I'm already talking spring, right? If you notice that, and then that's where our heads are at. We're already trying to prepare for the spring. Um, when we're doing a tree order, we're doing a tree order in early winter to be ready for the fall. Um, so these are the things behind the scenes where we're, we're trying to analyze the direction we need to go, what the city needs, uh, anticipate certain things, industry trends as well. So we're very busy, you know, talking to our counterparts in, in neighboring municipalities to keep things consistent for the region. Um, and a lot of that would just be the, the legwork of getting things ready. Um, for me right now, it's budget season, obviously. So, you know, preparing for what we need, the money, uh, making sure we're well prepared well-equipped and the staff have everything they need to continue to just be behind the scenes. And that's to me, I think the the most successful thing I always say, I never want to be too low, but I never want to be too close to the sun. <laughs> if I have someone walk through a park and they don't notice anything to me, that is beyond success, which means we have maintained it to the status that they want to see it. And they're there just to enjoy it. They're not thinking about why is that long? Why is that garbage full? Why does this look this way? Or they're not like, this is amazing. This is so good. And it distracts them. They just enjoyed the moment. And that's for me. I always shoot for that. I call it the middle ground. And it sounds weird to say, like, of course, everyone wants to be the top tier. But for me, I just, if you can use one of the parks, if you can use or enjoy something we've done and you don't notice any of the, like, you don't think about the work. And to me, that's a good thing. Uh, that means you're connecting with nature. You're getting out there and enjoying the people you're with. Uh, that's success. Okay, so you make an interesting point in terms of when people are at the parks, if they don't notice long grass or full garbage cans, etc. If they do, however, on the flip side, A, there could be a reason as to why the grass hasn't been cut yet or why the garbage hasn't been removed or, or whatever. There, there's a process that you and your team have. Can you walk us through a little bit of, uh, of that process just in terms of, you know, the grass cutting maintenance, you know, I burned you this spring with, uh, you know, getting some stuff out early saying, Hey, you know, to residents, be mindful, you know, of, you know, long grass and, and those kinds of things. And, and meanwhile, we had a very wet spring, which caused the grass to grow and stay thick and stay wet, which makes it difficult to cut so on and so forth. 
you can speak to that better than I can. So can you explain a little bit about that process and why maybe at times things aren't yet done when people think they should be? Uh, you know, that's that's so common across, I think, every municipality I've ever I've ever talked to, I've ever worked for or been a part of. Um, and again, we're, we're victims to Mother Nature. And that, to be honest with you, this spring, so I'll speak to this spring specifically because it's a really good example of when things go wrong and they go really wrong. And in our department, it, when it goes wrong, it's very public because it's very visible. Mm-hmm. Um, I will start by saying my staff take an immense pride in ensuring Welland looks its best at all times. I want someone who's never been here before to drive through the city and go, wow. What a great place. That's beautiful. Uh, it's good for business. It's good for image. It's good for morale. Like there's just so much, I think, positivity out of what we do. But when it can go wrong. So in this case, it started in the fall of the year before. So we had a, a very wet fall and a very early frost. So when we have frost in the grass. We can't cut it the same way. We'll kill everything. Right. So we have to kind of meter when we cut our last cuts. So right now our staff are completing our last cuts as we're getting ready to start mulching leaves. So last fall, they didn't get this cut in. Um, so our last cut would have been probably like end of September, early October, which means we had some growth still happening. Mm-hmm. So when the spring hit, we already had long grass. So we were already behind right from day one. And unfortunately for us, we were, I think we were supposed to start cutting grass May 4th this year. And we didn't actually get out there. I think we had maybe one or two parks we were able to cut due to the just the saturated ground uh, from a heavy, heavy uh, rainfall and a late frost too. Frost, I don't think left the ground. I remember doing a, a quick report on this. I think it was April 26th. I think there was still some frost in the ground. Wow. So we were really late getting started. So we had a, we had an early finish due to weather. We had a late start due to weather. And by that point, we were just so far behind. Um, we were just trying to keep going as fast as we can. Obviously, people's expectations about, you know, their tax dollars and where they live. And I fully understand that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a resident of a municipality as well. So when I when I see things like that, I'm like, what are they doing with this? Like, is this mismanagement? Are the staff being lazy? Do they not care? And that's where I, I really want to start this conversation. We're saying our staff are so passionate about Welland. Um, and that's why it, it kills them too. So we, we try to do overtime and work as fast as we can to, to catch up. Our CAO was very supportive with, uh, and so was our council with, with additional supports to, to try and get us there. So in a perfect world, <laughs> we get our last cut in the fall and then we can get an early cut in the spring. And again, no one will notice. Right. They just quietly go about what a beautiful city this mm-hmm. is. And that's that's where we want to be. So um, and then the grass cutting piece spills into the rest of my team as well. So when we were behind on grass cutting, I'm pulling my horticulture specialist to, to cut grass, which means we were delayed in putting in some of our show beds. And I was pulling some of my forestry team to kind of help us cut grass to catch up, which means some of our general maintenance work was kind of behind. So we kind of everything shifted a bit. So we had to really accelerate and the staff worked super hard. They gave me uh, such a strong summer uh, to catch us up where I can say we're in, we're in pretty good shape right now. Uh, we're looking really good this fall. So I'm exceptionally happy. Uh, and hopefully uh, we avoid the spring we had uh, this year uh, and we move forward. And everyone, again, goes back to just being like, what a beautiful city. So I know you got a ton of phone calls in the spring regarding the grass. What do you, I mean, some people are probably going to call in just to, to complain and it doesn't matter what you say to them in return. It's, it's going to fall upon deaf ears. Uh, other people might be a little bit more receptive. What is the message you give residents who call in, in those types of circumstances who are saying, Hey, why isn't this done? You know, I want to go enjoy the parks and I can't because you haven't cut the grass yet. How do you explain it to them knowing that you've got, you know, 15 voicemails to return and 30 emails to return. And you don't have the luxury of sitting across from Paul and myself right now to kind of, you know, go 
through every little detail about all these things. How do you manage that side of, I guess, the customer relations? I love that part of the job, to be honest with you, even the negative. Um, if people are passionate enough and care enough about where they live to reach out, to call me, to say something's not right, that's amazing which means they're invested in their community. They're involved in their community. And those are the relationships I want to form. Those are the people I want to get to know because they're not afraid to tell me when we're not doing something perfect. I can't be everywhere at once. And those are the people who really help me uh, direct my team and direct the work we do. So I love those phone calls. I, I never take it as a negative. Everyone's always like, oh, I'm so sorry to complain. Like, no, complain. Like, that's exactly why I'm here. That's why we have the numbers. That's why we're around. Uh, you have access to us. Uh, and those are the conversations I love. So normally I just, I, I'm honest. I give them the truth. Like we've had complications. Um, you know, when we had COVID happening here, uh, COVID was a big issue. Staffing mm -hmm. issues were problematic. Uh, like everywhere else, we had some issues filling some of our roles this year as well. So it was kind of difficult to, to run with not even a full complement of staff. Uh, and I'm just honest about it. Some people, even though you give them the truth, will still be like, well, not good enough. And that's fair, right? Everyone can have an opinion. That's fine. I don't take it personal. Um, and again, I just, as I said, I 98% of the calls I get, I love having these calls, you know, and I, I encourage them. I always encourage them. Every email I send, every phone call I have, I'm always like, you know, this is the start of a conversation. Reach out to me. Like if, you know, if we're in July, like we talk in May and we're in July, and you're like, you know what? It's still not quite where it needs to be. Call me. Let me know. That's why I'm here. And this helps me kind of direct my team, train my team, um, you know, to, to change how we're doing business, to, to reevaluate how we do business as well. These are all key pieces for me to know how we're doing and to benchmark the work we do. So like great conversations. Like I, I never once get upset. I don't get mad. That's, that's why I think I'm, I'm really good at what I do because I'm very patient. And like, as I said, I love those conversations. I'm envisioning a Rory Doucette election sign in four years time somewhere <laughs> that was a very no i mean no that was a great answer yeah, right yeah. it's because it, it's true i think sometimes the knee-jerk reaction is oh somebody's calling to complain here we go again right but it if you reframe that to the exact way that you have in that it starts a conversation it's the first step towards a resolution to a problem or to an issue um you know i think we're going to end up a lot further along than you know, if there's that kind of friction right out of the gate. Well, people feel heard. It's the relationship they're looking to have. They feel confident that they can call the city and they're being listened to, right? And that gives them value to their tax dollars. That's beneficial to my team. It's beneficial to the city, to council. It means we're running properly, right? And that's the access that's required. So um, they, it's funny. So the election piece, I know my wife's made that joke a few times. <laughs> uh, so some of my buddies just uh, with my background and my general nature, like with that, but I, I just don't know with the, with the politics if I could do that game. I, I'd rather, I, I like where I am on this side. As I said, flying just in that. That, that perfect middle ground where everything's going smooth. Well, you have four years time to uh, put some <laughs> thoughts toward it. So Rory, you've mentioned a bunch of times, team, my team, the people who are passionate about getting out into the community, keeping things clean, keeping our spaces usable. Tell us about the team at the city of Welland. How many people do you have for people who want to join this, this department, do this type of work? How do they? Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. We're always looking for good people. Um, when I reference when I reference my team, like I'm only as, as successful as my team. Like these are the people out there doing the the frontline stuff, the day to day work. Like I, I sit in my office, I answer the phone, I get you know, I take the I get the the good and the bad, right? Um, but I, I'm always quick to to compliment uh, the people who do the job who are on the front line. They're the ones every day 
doing the work. Those are the people I need to listen to. Those are the people I need to learn from. Um, and, and to be honest with you, it's about building that, that relationship with the team as well. I'm fairly new to Welland. So, um, getting to know them, what they're about, what makes them tick. And, and it's something I learned very quickly that they're, as I, I keep saying, they're an exceptionally passionate group. Uh, majority of my employees, so I have 28 uh, full-time staff. Uh, we balloon a little bit in the, uh, the spring, um, with some casuals and, and a couple park attendants and students, uh, to work different areas within the city and some different times, like, our sports fields crews and uh, and working the Empire Sportsplex um, to make sure that we have people there enrolled for business. Um, but majority of my team's been with the city, I think, I want to say out of the 28, 26 of them, 25 plus years. Wow. That's, that's dedication, right? Uh, they've been doing this job. And as I said, their passion runs deep. So for me, it was very easy to come here, very easy to, to take take this team and, and just kind of sit back and let, and let them run and just uh, ensure they're they're provided with the supports they need. Uh, and they, they do great work. Like, I, I'm so lucky to have the team that I do. And that's the only reason why I've been successful here in Welland, to be honest with you, is from the great work of the, the people on the front line. How do people join the team as far as recruitment, as far as what do, what qualifications do people need? I mean, do they need green thumbs or do they just need that passion for doing a job that is in front of them and being able to pivot? If you've got horticulturalists who are cutting grass, if you've got forestry people who are assisting in another area, how do people get in front of, well, work for you? Uh, specialty helps. So if, if you have a passion for say gardening and you have some background in that, we are like, that's one great thing about my team. I guess I'll over back to this, the, the overall encroaching piece of my team. We do a little bit of everything. So if you have a passion or if you are really good at gardening, you love driving equipment and cutting grass. Um, backhoes, like I, we, we, I oversee the cemeteries as well, a little more macabre, but, um, maybe fitting for Halloween, I guess. But, uh, you know, if you have a passion to, to service a family, I'd say they're, they're, their lowest point, one of their worst days, uh, you know, on the cemetery team. And it takes a very special person to do that. If you, if you feel you have that, um, uh, that empathy and that ability to, to want to make sure that, you know, on their worst day, you're the person that like, oh, you know, Mark did great. Like, thank you so much. Like we get that a lot actually in our cemetery side of things too. Um, that's where that passion comes in. And I guess really overall, if you want to work for the city, uh, keep your eyes posted. We do post our jobs uh, around December. We do our intaking or through February. If you're a student, if you're casual looking to, to start working in April or May uh, seasonally, um, you know, keep your eyes on our website. If you have that passion, that desire, or even if you want to learn, if you're just somebody starting out, and you're like, you know what? I really think that would be fun or I really think that'd be a neat job. Come on down. Like, as I said, most of my team are 25 plus years. You're, you're learning from some of the best uh, with the experience to do it. And uh, I think one of the biggest draws, too, is it, is it is a great team. Like they they have fun together. They go out. They do charity stuff together. Um, so you're kind of I don't want to use the family cliche, you know, but they are a very tight knit group. And that's something, you know, they they open open arms. They bring people in and, and we'll get you on your way and teach what you need to do. And then then from my perspective as well, like creating that that ability for for growth, you know, no one wants to stay at an entry level job. So some people may, but like, you know, most people have aspirations to grow and that's where I can come in and offer mentorship. I started my career um, to go back a little further as a student cutting grass for the town of Oakville. So I started very entry level and I worked my way through and I had some very passionate people who lit that passion for me, gave me that guidance and direction. I'm always trying to give that back to the industry, back to the city. Uh, so that's a big piece as well as that, that mentorship side of things. Um, to work with somebody, be like, what do you want to do? And then give some direction, offer some training uh, and work towards that. Like nothing greater when you can have a contingency plan in place where you already have people working under somebody with, 
you know, who retires, like, as I said, most of my team are 25 plus. There's going to be a lot of retirement soon in the parks department. So I'll reiterate that a lot of openings coming soon <laughs> full time, um, you know, but to have those people ready to step into those roles is where we want to be. So we keep moving forward and keep providing that level that everyone's used to for Welland. So, um, we do offer a lot. And I was going to say, it's a really good time to be interested, really good time to start looking at us here. Uh, and I encourage anyone who's just passionate about it, put your name in, you know, you never know. I feel like we've barely scratched the surface on all things parks and open spaces. So we'll definitely have to have uh, some parks and open space team members back in the spring for another conversation on what's up well. And um, Rory, thank you so much for stopping in and joining us this morning to talk a little bit about a what you do, but also just breaking it down and shedding some light on, you know, some of the things that we don't often see or don't often think of when it comes to the maintenance uh, of our parks and, and open spaces. So uh, before we let you go, though, we do need to ask you the question that every guest gets uh, asked on What's Up Welland, and that is Rory Doucette. Are you a fan of pineapple on your pizza? Hmm. That's a very good question. Um, it depends. So I'm going to be, I'm going to go a little wild card here. Uh, it I, I, again, here's that political, uh, council sign. It's not just, for yes. It's yeah, it's, a yes or no. Yeah. Let's, talk, let's, let's muddy into the grid. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I do like pineapple on my pizza, but it's a very specific pizza that I like it on. So I don't want to shoot out a restaurant name here. It'd be name dropping in a specific restaurant. There is a restaurant that has a tropical chicken pizza that has an Alfredo based sauce with bacon, hot sauce and pineapple. And chicken chunks, I absolutely love it. Okay. Uh, that's the only time I do it. If we're talking like a straight up Hawaiian, I don't like the tomato sauce and the pineapple. So Fair I kind of ride the fence, I guess, here. And again, being political, I'm, <laughs> I, won't, I won't lay my hooks into any side with affinity and dig in here. But uh, but no, I definitely do like pineapple on a very specific pizza. Okay. Um, yeah, we'll throw that in the yes category. It counts. Yeah, it counts. <laughs> All right. Well, Rory, thank you again so much. We really appreciate you taking the time. And um, yeah, you've got the rest of the day to uh, get out there and make sure uh, that grass gets cut before... Uh, the fall ends. Sun shining. Can't wait. It is that always time of bridging the gap where Mark and I get to look back at what our guests shared with us today and let you know what our big takeaways were. And in sitting with Rory, I was impressed by how eager and open he is to receive uh, commentary from the community, whether it's the positive, whether it's the negative. Um, he wants that input so that he can figure out how to use his team, use his experts out in the field to address whatever the needs are. And the more input our parks department gets, the better our public, our, our open spaces and parks work for us. And I just liked his philosophy around, um, give me your complaints. I will work with them and I will do something with them. And it's not a negative for him. It's a positive in that he sees the opportunity and how you can act on someone's input to improve ideally that person's complaint, but ultimately the overall community. Mark, what was your takeaway from the chat? The, the big thing for me was the science and the forethought. Um, you know, yes. Okay. We know why the grass grows and we know how it grows. And, you know, for, for all of us who cut our lawns all spring and summer, it's, you know, a, a kind of thorn of our side or in our side at times. Um, but I think for, you know, I'll just speak for myself as a homeowner. It's okay. I know the end of the season's coming. I got to get that one last cut in. I'm going to cut my grass really short because I don't want to have to cut it again. Uh, and in the spring, I'll cut it when I can, but 
that's my own lawn and I don't need to worry as much because it's not being used the same way as our parks and open spaces are. Uh, so Rory and his team, again, they're thinking about the spring already, uh, not just for grass cutting, but, you know, as he mentioned, planting tulip bulbs and, and getting uh, other things prepared. So, you know, there's, there's a, a method to the madness, so to speak. Um, and they're very aware of, you know, the how and the when and the why. And, you know, even sometimes like this spring is, is a perfect example. The grass was a little bit longer. It took a little bit longer to cut just due to the saturation and some other factors. That's not something I think everybody sees too deeply, right? They see the long grass and they say, why isn't this cut? And that's an incredibly fair assessment to make at any given time. Uh, but again, listening to Rory kind of talk about that process and the, the how and the why, um, you know, helped me better understand, you know, when I'm out and about and I see a park that maybe the grass hasn't been cut yet. There might be a reason as opposed to, oh, they just haven't done it. Um, so, again, it, it, you know, great conversation with Rory. And as I mentioned, I think we just barely scratched the surface with everything he and his team does. So I'm excited to have, uh, you know, the Parks and Open Spaces group back in the future to talk about, uh, well, by the sounds of it, any number of different things. Uh, so we can certainly look forward to that in the future. As always, you can catch uh, or listen to past episodes on engagewellin.ca slash podcast, where you can also leave us a message, give us an idea for a future episode, um, and get uh, you know get ready for uh, the wind down to season one, which we're quickly approaching. So until next time, we will catch you again on What's Up Welland. Mm-hmm.